How amazing is that, right? I tell you, if I think about, good morning, good morning. If I think about all that God has, thank you so much, Rick. As I think about all that God is doing in and through this church, just in the past few weeks, with, you know, people being baptized, 70 pe- 17 people being baptized, people going on mission trips, people responding to natural disasters to be of help, and then this, people becoming a part as uh, members of this church, God is moving in and through this house. Do you see that? Yes, right? And as we continue to avail ourselves unto him, he will continue to get his will done. So this is so awesome. I am so excited. Thank you. Um, so good morning. My name is Yvonne, and I'm always blessed to be here with you all. And I hope you all had a, a great week. And I know last Sunday uh, we were here and we were celebrating Father's Day. So fathers, did you guys all have an amazing Father's Day? Yes, yeah. It was a hot one, and we were uh, at the park because my grandsons had uh, flag football. And it was one of those tournaments. Yeah, it was scorching hot. It was one of those tournaments where, you know, you keep winning, you keep playing. And I can't believe I was secretly hoping that they would lose soon because they <laughs> needed to get out of that heat. <laughs> But I'm just so thankful to see generations of fathers and sons and grandsons enjoying themselves in that heat. All right. So um, we've got a lot going on. We've got a lot to cover. So I'm just going to dive right in and um, pray and then get into the word. So let's pray. Father, God, Holy Spirit, Jesus, we acknowledge your presence in this room We are so thankful, Heavenly Father, to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for getting us up this morning and for putting a passion in us to be here with you in your house. And Lord, I ask that you would speak your word, your life-transforming word that we might become more like you. So help us, help us to clear our minds and to open our hearts, Father, that we would receive all that you have for us today. Father, we love you. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So welcome. Welcome to the fifth week of our sermon series called To Be Like Jesus, Hitting the Mark. Um, And in this sermon series, we've been looking at the marks of a disciple. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. And so how do you know if you're a true disciple of Jesus? So this past four weeks, we've been looking at some of the characteristics of a disciple, and I want to review them so that we can each reflect on where we are today in our walk with Jesus, where we are today as a follower of Jesus, where we are today as a disciple of Jesus. Because if you're anything like me, you got to hear it more than once. In fact, I need to hear it over and over. So... The first characteristic that we looked at a true disciple of Jesus is that you love God, that you spend quality time with him. Major Phil um, gave us the QT equals QR, and that's quality time equals quality relationship. And then the second week, Major Debbie spoke about loving other believers. And in John 13, 34, it says, Jesus commands us to love one another. 
He says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. See, church, it's not a suggestion from Jesus. It's a command that we love one another. And then the third week, we, we heard about being committed to Scripture. Spending time in God's Word is a must. You have to feed yourself spiritually. You got to feed your spiritual self. Just like you feed yourself physically, you feed yourself physically daily. You know, I'm no fun to be around when I'm hungry. And it's the same way spiritually. Don't be that spiritual grouch because you haven't fed yourself with the word today. And then last week, Matt talked to us about Jesus being Lord, that we need to surrender to the lordship of Jesus. That Jesus is Lord, period. You have to totally surrender your life to him. You know, and I love Matt's analogy of the airplane. When you totally surrender to Jesus, it's like you boarded a plane and Jesus is the pilot. And you are no longer in control. Because you don't know how to fly that plane anyway. So you just have to totally trust that Jesus will get you there wherever that there is. And if there's going to be turbulence along the way, then Jesus is the guy you want as your personal pilot. And today, our next mark of a disciple is someone who shares the good news of Jesus. Romans 1.16 says this in the Amplified. It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation from his wrath and punishment to everyone who believes in Christ as Savior, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. See, church, I think that these targets up here are so cool, that they're a, a very cool visual because the Greek meaning of the word sin is to miss the mark. And so when we look at this, when we are totally surrendered to Jesus, like Matt talked about last week, when we're totally surrendered to Jesus, we are on the mark. In fact, we're on the bullseye. We're right there, totally surrendered. But sometimes because we're human, like maybe today I didn't read the word and we're more like out here. And then maybe the next day, I didn't pray, right? And we're out here. And then maybe I wasn't very loving or I wasn't very nice because I was hungry. <laughs> and then we're out here. And before we know it, if we're not careful, we will totally miss the mark. We will totally miss the whole target. And like the Greek definition says, we commit sin. But church... The good news is that Jesus is still here. And the good news is, is that he's always inviting us to come and get back on target. See, that's what the word gospel means. The word gospel in Greek means good message or good news. Wouldn't you agree with me, church, that there's so much bad news out there in the world today? That the headlines are full of negative stuff? that I don't have to go very far out my door before I meet someone who's struggling, 
before I meet someone who's desperate, before I meet a lot of someone who really need to hear good news in their life today? That's the way the world is today. Well, I have good news for everyone. And the good news is that Jesus is alive. The good news is that Jesus went to the cross and died for our sin. The good news is that he is risen, right? And the same Jesus that lived then is the same Jesus that lived now. And the same Jesus that did miracles back then is the same Jesus that continues to do miracles today. And so know that whatever the circumstance is that you are going through, that Jesus cares for you, that he cares for you. And people need to hear that. We live in such a lost and hurting world that so, so many people are not equipped to help one another, to navigate ourselves through that struggle, to be victorious. See, Romans 10, 13 to 14 in the Easy Read Version says this, Yes, everyone who trusts in the Lord will be saved. But before people can pray to the Lord for help, they must believe him. And before they can believe in the Lord, they must hear about him. And for anyone to hear about the Lord, someone must tell them. Who's talking about Jesus these days? Somebody's got to tell them that Jesus is alive, that he's alive and well. So how many of you, church, can say that you have shared the good news of Jesus with someone this week? Awesome. Yeah. Mark 16, 15 says this, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. See, Jesus expects that. He expects everyone to tell others about the good news that is him. And some people are gun shy about sharing the good news of Jesus because they think that you have to be like an ordained minister or something. Well, not at all. See, sharing the good news of Jesus is not just the responsibility of a preacher. Sharing the good news about Jesus is not just the responsibility of a Bible study leader, a teacher. Or sharing the good news is not just the responsibility of an Ohana group leader. Sharing the good news about Jesus is everyone's responsibility. And... It's not as hard as you might think it to be. All it is, is just encouraging someone else by telling them your Jesus story. And so I want to call up a family who has a Jesus story to tell that is nothing short of a miracle. And it spoke to so many hearts about the good news of Jesus Christ. Would you help me welcome to the stage the Tewanu'u family? Tui, Mila, and Kiara. So while they're making their way up here, I'll tell you a story about how I first met Tui. When my husband and I uh, moved here from Samoa, we were like in our 20s, so it was like kind of, you know, many moons ago. But um, 
So he began work as a warehouse supervisor at HFM, and he would work the, the evening shift, the, and he would get off like midnight, and you know, I'd be all excited and try and clean the house before he got home so we could spend time together. Um, and so one night he comes home, and he comes home with this guy, and he walks into his, our house, and he's like, this guy says like, hey, sis, and I never met him before, and he's like, hi, sis, and it was Tui. And um, I said, hi, and you know, he sounded sound like a nice enough guy, and and my husband said he's going to sleep over. And I was like, yeah, cool. So the next day, they go to work. And then my husband comes home. And he comes home with Tui. And then the next day, he goes to work. And then he comes home. And he comes home with Tui. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> And so I thought, OK, the best way for me to get this guy out of my house is to find him a wife. And lucky for me, uh, my dear cousin was single. And the introduction was made. And the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> So thank you, Mila. <laughs> All right. Um, so um, their story is, like I said, nothing short of a miracle. And um, I want to set it up for you because I know when I ask them to speak, um, it's still very fresh. Uh, for them and you know of course being up here in front of you all uh, the, the nervousness so I'm going to set it up and then I'm going to have them focus on one area but about a little over a week ago uh, Friday June 15th to be exact um, Mila and Tui um, Tui was going to have an outpatient procedure done on his knee to uh, to repair a meniscus tear and it was going to be an a anthroscopic procedure that should have been like be there at the doctor's office early in the morning, get it done, and by lunch they would be home. Um, so Mila, you and, and your dear husband, you make your way to the doctor's office, but it didn't quite happen like I described. Tell us, Mila, what happened that morning? Well, at first I wanted to, to give great thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It, it is a miracle. On the morning of June 15, and I had set out to his appointment for his knee surgery. The check-in time would be at 6 and get ready at 7.30. And before that, we did a little prayer in the car while we were waiting. It's not that it's the first surgery that he had, but every time he does have a surgery, we always do a prayer. And we always give each other a kiss and say, I love you. So as soon as it was 7.30, they had wheeled to you away. And we looked at each other, and I told them to be strong. Then I was in the waiting room. Then later, Dr. Chan, Dr. Chan, um, he came out, and then he let me know. He told me, let's go into the room, this, this room. And he let me know that the surgery of his knee surgery was good, but there were complications that Tui had cardiac arrest. And they did a CPR, and he was down for three, 13 minutes. There was so much of those coming over me. I cried, but I didn't freak out. I prayed to God inside of me to be strong to be strong for me to be strong for Tui I pray God <clears throat> that um, <clears throat> that that um, you know be strong for um, you know for Tui then 
Dr. Chan had asked me if I believe in Jesus. And I said, yes. And he said, can he pray for us? And I said, yes, please. So he did right after his prayer. And then I asked him if I could just take a moment in the room. So within that time, it was me and God. And I cried to God, oh, dear Lord, please do not take my husband away from me. Also, the father of my children, the grandfather of our grandchildren. I cry and pray to God to give me strength to get myself up to go to to a... And then I did that. And then when I got to the got to the ER and see to as as where he was with all the um, you know the tubing and everything you know with the breathing tube. And that's why I and, and and then that's when I asked the doctor what's going on. And then that's when he said that um, Tui has not woken up from the time that he got there. When he got there, his Heart was at 145, beating at 145. But when I got there, at least it went down, at least around 116 and 117. Amen. Amen. And so, Mila, you know, that is amazing because the last you knew, your husband was fine. He was going to go get this procedure. The next thing you know, the doctor's coming and telling you that he, had, he went under cardiac arrest and they had taken him to the ER. Um, you know, a lot of women would have freaked out, right? A lot of women would have jumped in the car 100 miles an hour to the ER. But you had the presence of mind to pray with Dr. Chun. You had the presence of mind to spend those few quiet moments with Jesus. And you had the presence of mind to reach out to your church family for help and prayer. And church, I want to say this. The mark of a true disciple is quality time equals a quality relationship. That when you have quality time with Jesus, that when your time of crisis comes, that you know that Jesus is still with you. And that he will surround you with other believers who will support you. I know this church and all who have been praying for Mila and Tui, Tierra, and the rest of the family, that the power of prayer has really sustained you guys through all of this. And um, it's just been a miracle. And so, Mila, I know that was like a really emotional time for you. And I want to thank you for coming up here and sharing your heart. Um, and then there's Tierra. So, Tierra. In your very young life, like you're still in your 20s, you've already been through some really, really tough times within the past couple of years. Your baby, Saite, was born one pound, five ounces. And praise God, it was a long journey, but praise God that Saite, that miracle baby, is doing well today. And then your fiancé, Ike, who is also very young in his 20s, had kidney failure, and is on dialysis treatment three times a week. And then just last week, you get the bad news that your dad's heart had failed while going through the, the procedure to repair his knee. Um, 
so you know, Tiara, you are at work, but you get this call to come to the, the ER. And when you arrived, there was a time when it was um, you, me, your dad, and then Mila, your mom, on the other side. And we were in that tight space and only separated from the other ER patients by, by the curtain. And it was tough to see your dad like that because he had tubes down his nose, he had tubes down his throat, he had wires to his chest. You know, it was a pretty intense sight. And then the nurses that were there, you know, they were very cautious about sharing any information with us. And they just kept saying that the doctor would be in to give us an update. And then when the doctor did come in, he wasn't offering much hope. In fact, he was quite the opposite. He said that because Tui hadn't had oxygen to his brain for that long of a period, that they were very concerned. He said that Tui wasn't really breathing on his own. That's why they had him hooked up. He said that they were going to sedate him to take his body temperature down to cool him off. And then they were going to warm him up again in hopes that his brain would respond. But, he said, because he had been without oxygen for that long, that he wasn't very hopeful. And all our questions about the movement that we saw in, in your dad, that we saw as flickers of hope, the doctor dismissed as just reflexes. And so after a while, we had to dismiss the doctor. We just thanked him and dismissed him because we believed that your dad could get up. We believed that your dad would get up. And we didn't want Tui hearing all the negative reports that the doctor was saying. See, church, we get it. The doctors do all that they know how to do medically, but the doctors don't have the last say. That Jesus, God, has the last say. And so, Tiara, take us through your story of your experience there in the ER with Dad. Um, good morning, everyone. Um, so when I got there to the emergency room, um, it was hard for me to see my dad. He's a very strong person and the leader of our family. Um, but to see him on the bed so lifeless and with all the wires and machines helping him breathe, it was a reminder to me of when my son was in the NICU. And it was very hard to see that from, like, my son to my dad. So... My first initial thought was um, I wasn't scared and I wasn't sad because, like Auntie Yvonne said, that I knew that God was with us. Um, so despite the discouragement that the doctors gave us, I just started speaking life into my dad. I asked my dad, did you hear what the doctors said? Um, you know, they, they're telling us that you can't wake up, but you can do it, Dad. And Auntie Yvonne said a prayer for us, and a thing that stuck with me in her prayer was, Tui, get, um, Tui, take your mat, pick up your mat, and walk. And I kept telling my dad, did you hear what Auntie Yvonne said, Dad? She said, pick up your mat and walk. Get up, Dad, you can do it. And um, the machine, I heard, uh, it was another patient's machine, and it was beeping really loud. And I kind of seen my dad, like, move at the sound. And I got down to him, and I asked him, Dad, did you hear that sound? And he kind of, like, nodded his head. 
And I said, if you can hear me, squeeze my hand. And so he kind of squeezed my hand. And so I told the doctor or the nurses, uh, there was a glass window and um, they were all watching. And I told her, oh, you know, he's moving. I don't think it's reflexes. And so she came out and she was, uh, she tells the um, doctor on the phone, right after they started praying, the, her dad started to move and the doctor was asking like, are you sure? And she was like, yeah, I think you need to come down here and you need to see. And um, Auntie Yvonne stepped out to let my other sisters come in and be with our dad. And sure enough, my dad instantly started, you know, moving his hands and his feet and his eyes kind of flickered. So I knew that he was trying to wake up and I got down to my dad and speaking life into him. And I told him, come on, dad, you can do it. I know what the doctor said, but God is the doctor of all doctors and you can do it. So, um, after he was coming through, he was answering my questions and I, I was able to ask him, you know, if you can see my other sisters around us. And he was saying, yes, I told him, okay, the doctor said you still have to go to the ICU. And he was like, no, you know, he's just shaking his head so fast. And, um, the nurse is like telling him it's okay. You know, we're going to take good care of you. And I told my dad, um, we'll be here. We'll, mom will follow you as far as she can. And she'll be with you when you wake up. And he was just kind of nodded. And I told the doctors, I'm sorry. Um, he's, he's going to be stubborn, but he'll be fine. And they just kind of was like, okay. Amen. Amen. Yes. You know, I was so amazed with Tierra in, in that ER. Like to see this young woman, something just rose up in her. Something just rose up in her that she refused to listen to what the doctor was saying, the doctor's report. And the way that she didn't care about who saw her, who was around, what doctor, what nurse, whoever was around, she was there battling for her dad's life. She, you know, church, sometimes you pray for people, you don't even know what you said. You just open your mouth and you let the Holy Spirit speak, right? And like, Tara was just going at it. She was fighting. She was fighting for her father. And she was like, Dad, you better get up. Get up now before they sedate you. If they sedate you, you're going to be farther away from us than you are now. Get up now. Get up now. And the way that she was speaking, I was so proud of her. I was like, oh, my gosh. The mark of a true disciple, love for others. The love that Tiara has for others and the way she sacrifices is just amazing. You don't see a lot of young people in their 20s that, that live the life that Tiara lives. The way she loves her parents, the way she loves her siblings, the way she loves her cousins, the way she loves her fiancé, the way she loves her sons, the way she loves her co-workers, and all that she does to sacrifice and fight for them until they can fight for themselves has just been amazing. So church, can we give Jesus a good clap offering? Because... What he's doing through Tierra is nothing short of a miracle. And then speaking of miracles, Tui, you just had a near-death experience. Like that doctor was just short of pronouncing you gone. And your comeback from this ordeal has, again, been such a miracle by Jesus. And when you awoke, you were unable to speak because of the tubes. But you wrote on the board to your daughter, Daphne, that life is short. 
And then when the tubes were removed, the first words out of your mouth were? Uh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Uh, Amen. I just want to say uh, I want to give God all the glory. Uh, it, it, it's a... Uh, yeah, it's a life experience and stuff like that. And uh, I thank God for giving me a, a second chance in life. Uh, I still got many more things I need to do, uh, not only for relationship with him, but also with my kids and now my grandkids. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that awesome that we serve a God of second chances? Church, mark of a true disciple, that we share the good news of Jesus with others. I tell you, the doctors in that ER room that day were astounded. I pray that Dr. Lee becomes a believer because of what he saw. Literally, he thought Tui was gone and Jesus brought him back. The nurses were astounded and excited for what they saw. Dr. Chan, the knee surgery, he had a testimony in his church last week because of what happened. He came to visit Tui at the hospital, and he was in tears because his faith was encouraged because of what he saw. And so, church, that all happens, the miracle of Jesus and the work that God does so that we can tell others about the good news of Jesus. And this ordeal, as scary as it was, I see what God is doing in and through the Tawanu'u family. And it's the same for all of us. So I just want to encourage us to share your Jesus good news with others today. And so I want to thank the Tawanu'u family so much for sharing their Jesus story with us. Would you give them a big hand, please? How many of you have been encouraged by their story, right? All God. All right. And I'm going to wrap it up with this as I call Matt back up to the stage. Um, Isaiah 12.4 is a song of praise, and it says this. In that day, you will say, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. I want to say that again. Isaiah 12.4, song of praise. In that day, you will say, give praise to the Lord, Proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. One of my favorite songs uh, I want to share with you, I'll try to refrain from singing it, but the words are so powerful today, and it goes like this. It says, when I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me up with the Holy Ghost, how he healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how he picked me up, how he turned me around, how he set my feet on solid ground. It makes me want to shout hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 
Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Church, somebody needs to hear your Jesus story today. Somebody needs to be encouraged because they see that God is no respecter of man. What he did for one, he'll do for the other. But you need to open your mouth and share your Jesus story with others. And so time is tight here, and I'm just going to pray. But did you all receive something from Jesus this morning? Were you blessed by the testimony of the Telenu'u family? That's God. That's all Jesus. So close your eyes, and I'll just pray us out. Father, Lord, you are an amazing, good, good daddy. And we thank you so much for your mercy and your grace, Father. Father, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for Tui and your miracle and your healing hands upon him, Father God, that you are not done with him. Father, I remember talking to Roberta who said, Tui's not going anywhere. He hasn't preached yet. And Father, today on this stage, he has preached on your behalf. Father, let your name be glorified for everything that we've heard today, Father God, and the many, many miracle stories out there today. Or maybe it's just your Jesus story about how God woke you up this morning or how he got you to work on time. Lord, every story has a purpose. And so we thank you, Father God, for who you are in our lives, Father. And Father, may we just, every story that we tell, may it bring glory unto your name. May it bring love to those who need it. May they always remember the good news of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.